Welcome to this next episode of Unlock the Leader's Code with leadership enthusiast Tio Kang, serving solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and intrapreneurs to lift them up to their highest level of potential. Without further ado, here's your leadership coach, Tito Kang. Aloha, friends. My name is Tito Kang, your host on Unlock the Leader's Code live today on our marathon towards the 21 days to the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership as written by John C. Maxwell. And today, law number 12, the law of empowerment, one of my favorite laws, I'm telling you. If you read the book, if you read the book, John takes you through the story of Henry Ford. And what he explained is really Henry Ford, you know, sometimes there's a fine line between the entrepreneur and the solopreneur is what you have to hang on to an idea. Sometimes your idea is right and sometimes you have to learn to let go of your idea because it becomes bigger than you. All the solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that have um, came across or crossed that bridge, if you will, found out that there's a time to empower because the idea that you started off with is much bigger than you. So the first story is that Henry Ford really believed in the Model T and ran the Model T until the point that he strongly only stuck to the Model T. In fact, if you looked at the McDonald's brothers, there was also a certain way where they wanted to run their McDonald's franchise, not franchise, but their McDonald's restaurant, and they were adamant. Now, there's a sense to say that the speedy operation or the speedy system that they built allowed them to create a revolutionary offer in the restaurant business. However, as they grew along, as the speed went along, there's this particular moment where they're faced of approving a powdered mix to make milkshake because it would make it faster. It would reduce the cost of the franchisee in order to build a freezer inside the restaurant as well as electric bill. So, but they were not open to that idea, same as Henry Ford. Now, as you go along and you've empowered this, so what are the barriers to empowerment? John shares three barriers. The first one is job security. Have you ever been in a position where you went into the role and you hoarded all the information or you didn't divulge all the information that was necessary in the, in, with the fear that someone would actually steal your idea or someone would actually take your job away. There's a lot of that happening where people get into a specialized environment and don't teach other people because they want to have what they call job security. Now, what John offers is that the more that you give of your information, the more indispensable you are. So the more dispensable information that you provide, the more indispensable you become. Because as an organization grows, and we're talking to you solopreneurs and entrepreneurs at the helm of a fast-growing operation, you need to have someone that keeps growing your people for you as you build a business. So you want to reward the person that actually grows the people becomes indispensable as opposed to a person that hoards all the information. The second barrier to empowerment is resistance to change. And one key illustration of this is Nokia. I don't know if you've seen this, it's been on meme, it's been on Facebook and on LinkedIn as well, where the CEO of Nokia just sits there and he's got his hands this way and he says, I just don't know what happened. I, I, we've done everything that we can. Really, 
You've done everything that you can. That right there is a limiting belief, folks. If you believe you've done everything that you can, you wouldn't be in the situation where you are at. Now, I remind you, if you are a leader, and everyone is a leader, whatever situation you are in, you've either created it or allowed it to happen. So, let's dive into this a bit. When, have you ever been in a situation when somebody joins your organization or somebody comes from the outside and offers you any ideas and you go like, well, we've done it before. Yeah, we tried that already. It doesn't work, right? That's what happened to the McDonald's brothers. When Ray Kroc came in and offered the franchise idea, their reaction was like, mm, yeah, we franchise. It really doesn't work. We can't keep the operations, the standards, something that we're not open to. But Ray's like, okay, you've done it before, but you haven't done it the way I can do it. Let me get a handle on this. So that's one P, resistance to change. Now, in a personal story, if you read the story of Starbucks, you will notice that as Howard tried to build this new concept of Starbucks the way that he was inspired by the baristas in Italy, he tried to convince the original founders of Starbucks to get this going, they said, no, we're not about that, Howard. We're about coffee, tea, and spice. We sell whole beans. We don't do this latte and sugary things. We don't do that. We don't do that kind of stuff, those kind of beverages. Now, of course, Howard, at one point, built it to a certain point. He said, you know, if you're not on board, I'm going to have to change. So he changed. He left and started his own chain called Il Giornale, the precursor to Starbucks. Opened one up in Seattle and the second one in Vancouver, British Columbia, which was a number two store. Now, think about this. He wasn't able to change. Howard was faced with the same thing, actually, when he was, when we were introducing Frappuccino. As the demand for Frappuccino came about, right, in the South, in California, and Howard Bihar was being bombarded by a local manager to say, hey, there's a demand for this, like, drink, it's sweet, it's cold, it's icy, and they showed it to him because the competitor was doing it across the street. Howard said, we're, we're, we're not about that. But if the customer kept on demanding, the manager kept on asking. So Howard Behar said, you know what, if the customer be kept, keeps on demanding, let me just run it. They went and talked to Howard Schultz, and Howard Schultz says, we don't do sweet drinks, we're all about true, real coffee. Again, resistance to change. But fortunately, in this case, Howard Bihar knew and really said that what we are about at Starbucks was about serving our customers. It's not really about ourselves, just mainly. So there's a fine line between who we are and who we want to serve as well. The third is the lack of self-worth. You know, we're going to talk about in future broadcasts about self-image. But self-worth is what you put yourself into so you don't want to empower. So if you want to keep the power in the sense that you are the person that knows everything, that's your sense of entitlement, your self-worth. You have to be the center of attention. Your ego comes in and says, you know, I'm the teacher. When I was going around and opening all the Starbucks stores in Eastern Canada and training, the main thing that I was taught by Starbucks is this, is that if anyone asks you a question, you must say, I don't know. At first, that was difficult. But then you said, I don't know. I don't know. So what you going to do? What you going to do? You point to asking the learner, what is it that you want? Where can you find the information? Because I've shared this with you before. Which brings me to the empowerment component, right? 
The first thing is that you have to have what it takes to, for a leader to empower someone. It takes you to believe in your people. A leader typically sees someone better than they are. If you think about it, in your own personal lives, someone has come along and looked at you and saw you as bigger or better than you are. Someone has. Now, if that is the case, how do you believe in your people? How do you believe in your children? How do you believe in your wife? How do you believe in your girlfriend, your friends, your cousins, your mother, your, your father? How do you believe in people that lets you empower them? Now, the important part, the other side of this is that you have to teach the people before you empower them. So there's this sense that before you start empowering and delegating to somebody, you must take them through a path where you actually elevate them to the skill set that they can be empowered with. A lot of the average leaders tend to empower, come on board and say, hey, you run with this, go with this. The person's sitting there and go like, uh, I really don't know how to do this. Now figure it out, right? You've heard that before. Maybe you've been in that situation. I know I've been. Sometimes it's a good, good learning, but you have to seek out. But as a super leader, a super leader recognizes and flexes their leadership ability to go along. Sometimes a super leader must be directive. Other times they must be coaching. Other times they must be supportive. And then they get to the empowerment part. There's four stages of leadership that you must flex all you go along. Not enough time to go through all of this today, but if you're interested, send me a private message or put a comment below. The dark side of empowerment is this. There is a dark side to empowerment. Too many times I've seen in my career, leaders, average leaders, empower people because they don't want to deal with the decision. Have you ever been faced with that? Right? Good morning, Dennis. Aloha. Have you been empowered with that? Not sure, right? I'm sure you have been. Faced with that situation where someone gives you a decision because they don't want to deal with it. So that's the dark side of empowerment. You know, one key quote inside of John's text and book is this. Super leaders gain authority by giving it away. But I add this to that. Before you give it away, ensure that the people you're giving it away have the tools to actually manage it. Have the tools to actually take it on and raise it up to the next level. And if you're not empowering your folks, look at yourself and look at yourself what you've either created or allowed. I hope this was helpful. If it was, please like, share, and comment. This is Tito Kang saying, Aloha, Mahalo, lead on. Until I see you next time, live and in person, make everyday bandages. And as always, here's to your prodigious success. Hi, this is Tito. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Unlock the Leader's Code. For more codes unlocked, don't hesitate to go to www.titokang.com. Feel free to like, share, and comment. I love to hear what you think about what we shared with you.